0: Oh, everything is real. I'm Natalie D. I'm
1: Drew Toothpaste.
0: Today we're going to talk about how louche is real.
1: Now, if you haven't heard of louche, you wouldn't be alone. Not a lot of people know about this concept. Do you like it? I fucking hate generating louche.
0: <laughs> I love louche. I'm here to keep all my louche for myself.
1: So you keep it to yourself. Right. You think you can retain your louche? I
0: retain my louche. That's how I stay looking so young. <laughs>
1: So, what is louche?
0: Louche is a form of psychic energy produced by humans and animals, which other entities feed on. So, aliens, interdimensional beings, like whoever, whoever determined that louche was their thing, they are here for it. And they're sucking louche like a motherfucker.
1: Now, as you might imagine, this is sort of an abstract idea. (laughs) Right, right. And so, when we're talking about louche, we're talking about some sort of energy that may be extra dimensional. In other words, goes beyond the three dimensions that we know right, about. Right, right. It may travel through time. So
0: they say that entities that feed off Loosh are maybe reptilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're possibly extraterrestrial, like an ET or the ET.
1: Like a Zeta Reticulan or <laughs> right. a gray alien, right. something or like a that. Right, or Skinny
0: Bob, whoever. Yeah. Or it could be an extra-dimensional being, like something that exists like in the fifth dimension or the sixth dimension or whatever dimension. Not this one, though. They just pop in for Loosh.
1: <laughs> it could be possible that the louche has just emanated in the other dimension
0: right so
1: we couldn't even snatch it back like a balloon released from the hand of a child that rises into the sky
0: right they just got some kind of louche collecting device some kind of system of louche collectors like it just sucks it right up we don't even notice it's painless
1: now this could be something that they feed on it could be something that they enjoy it could be something that's like a drug to them it could be be something that's like a fuel source to Right, that. right. And me personally, now I've never seen it. Right. But me personally, I'm kind of a simple guy. And so I think of Lush as being sucked up in the machine from Ghostbusters. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what happens.
1: You step on it, it opens up, and it sucks the loosh right into it.
0: People always ask, why is it that we have to go to sleep all the time? Why is it that people have to have sleep? Maybe the reason we have to sleep is because that's when they come and get the loosh. Maybe that's why you feel better in the morning, because you got rid of all that loosh that was holding you down.
1: Well, there are mechanisms that we know of, physical mechanisms, where the brain does what is called garbage collection. Mm -hmm. Not only are there these molecular mechanisms that remove the junk, like in your brain and your fluid and everything else you have going on up there. But you also have cognitive processes that are doing things like committing things you have done that day to long-term memory or forgetting them. A lot of forgetting actually happens when you sleep. Right, right. And so, you know, you wake up in the morning, you have coffee, you drive to work, you do your job and your job is usually the same thing. You come home and you eat a similar thing and you watch television, you talk to your friends, you do whatever you do that you like. Mm-hmm. life is not just the routine you have the things that you like but if you wake up five days in a row and you go to work and you do your thing even if you work at home what were you doing at 10 a.m. three days ago? Like, you might not know. What exactly did you have for lunch? How many cups of coffee did you have yesterday? What time did you go to bed three nights ago? There are so many things that happen that you just don't remember. Right. And so I think the idea that when you go to sleep at night, there could be something that's happening to your brain in another dimension, absolutely plausible.
0: Right. What you think about, I was thinking to myself, what if the interdimensional beings that are collecting the loose from us, what if they are tiny and they already live inside our bodies.
1: Now, if you were an interdimensional being and you were tiny, you could live amongst the gut bacteria. Do you know the meme where it's the white guy and he's mad and crying? But then <laughs> oh, he that one? But then <laughs> Then he puts the mask over himself, yeah. so he's smiling, but underneath you can see that he's red and crying. hmm Well, that's how easy it would be to sneak into your gut if you just had a bacteria mask.
0: Right, right, exactly. I mean, maybe the aliens are in the yogurt. In- and... <laughs> always say you have to have all those live cultures what if it's alien culture
1: what if that's why we're being told not to take antibiotics yeah because we're killing off the aliens and they're like stop
0: right we need your louche please stop it
1: is (laughs) it is it's because of antibiotic resistance yeah you can't take antibiotics willy-nilly and there there's all this uh antibiotic resistance now that we have which is actually horrible for the human race which in turn will generate louche
0: right everything generates louche man
1: what Generates the louche. Where does the louche come from?
0: Okay, so louche is a byproduct of physical and emotional pain. Okay. As well as death. Okay. Loneliness, despair, grief, and other negative emotions are also needed to produce louche. And so the guys who are eating this louche, mm-hmm. some people refer to these guys as archons.
1: The most obvious thing to say that they're doing is eating the louche. Right. Because why else would they need more? They could be collecting it like garbage pail kids.
0: Right. It's a consumable.
1: But, yeah, they wouldn't keep needing more all the time.
0: Right. Like, they're eating it for real. They're, like, using it to wash their hair.
1: That could be a big thing. And, like, the longer your hair gets, the more shampoo you need. Mm-hmm. If you have psychic hair, you need more and more louche every day. Right, right.
0: Maybe they think it smells great, and so they use it for deodorant.
1: And, yeah, and that's, some, that's something else you have to put on every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they feed it to their dogs. <laughs>
1: What if the Archons have special dog louche that's like a lower grade of louche? Like maybe they take all the louche of like when you're not having a great time, but like it's not, it's like very low grade. Like when you get annoyed at the post office, like they feed that to their dogs and they keep the stuff like when your dog dies, they keep that louche for themselves.
0: Right. <laughs> Right. So, Archons are the builders of the physical universe. And so, the implication is that these guys created the world specifically to have louche producers live in, like, an ant farm.
1: Okay. For
0: them to get all of their louche.
1: So, the idea of the Garden of Eden is actually more of a garden of louche.
0: Right. Right.
1: A little hobby farm of louche. So, yeah.
0: yeah, so they keep, but they keep humans confined in the physical universe. So, if it was not for this, we would be free spiritual beings.
1: And so the archons are then theoretically the architects of humans. Right. And also built the planet as a jail for us to live on, but also sort of like a farm. Right. So we're kind of like free range prisoners.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like pretty crazy to think that like we are on a prison planet. And by not making themselves apparent, we don't even realize that we're in jail.
1: Yeah, and you know, the angst of not knowing why you're here and not knowing what your purpose is also has to generate more Lucian itself. Like, right. If If they gave us a handbook, (laughs) there'd just be less for them.
0: Right. But if you think about it, like cattle and chickens and pigs, like when they are sitting around in the farm or the slaughterhouse situation that animals hang out in, they know they don't want to be there. Yeah. They realize they're confined.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and so the idea of the Archons really mirrors the Anunnaki, right. who are in Sumerian mythology. These are the beings that created humanity. Mm-hmm. And this is an ancient, you know, religion slash myth, right? If you don't believe in it, it's a myth. right? And these concepts keep repeating. And different people are discovering these concepts at different points in time. And this is what makes the idea of the Archons and the Lush compelling. Because this is something that echoes through history Mm -hmm. and now it's coming back around with ufology which is a stupid word right but it's coming back around that as we creep toward ufo disclosure some of the things that are being revealed are sort of leading toward the idea of the Anunnaki slash Archons as controlling humans in order to do something for themselves. Right, right. And when we talk about simulation theory, there's an idea of, you know, oh, there's this system and there's something external to the system controlling it. And I think usually in simulation theory, it's at least neutral, if not positive, in as much as it's like the equivalent of somebody playing Grand Theft Auto. Right, right. But this is wholly negative.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, do we know that if there are people in the military who are involved with like the UFO stuff, right? And they are saying things like we are being controlled by aliens or interdimensional beings, right? That not only are the UFOs real, but we've been visited or are constantly surrounded by alien or interdimensional beings that are controlling us in some way. Like, first off, obviously it doesn't matter (laughs) if that's what's going on, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't change anything it about your life. It doesn't change anything yeah.
0: about your life. It doesn't change anything about anyone else's life and at no point has anyone like detailed what the operation is. No one's complained about it, right? Not, not like I was abused at the Lusch farm.
1: No, we all were.
0: Right. <laughs> So there's a lot of people who are, like, biting their nails about it and this idea, this alien control over people. But I wonder how much of it is them being, like, fearful about it and how much of it is them being fearful about the implications of it on their choices that they made. Because I have a feeling that whatever alien stuff is going on, they're not really in favor of people just destroying the planet and like just mowing shit down all the time.
1: And I'll also note that this has a sinister aspect that a farm doesn't. We recently talked about eating bugs.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah,
1: And the idea with our farms where we as humans are the farmers Mm -hmm. and the animals and bugs are the farmies, Mm -hmm. you have to make them have a happy life. This is the absolute best way to run a farm. And this is why, you know, factory farms, you know, animals in these tiny little cages, animals that aren't being treated right and aren't happy, they don't grow well the meat you get out of the animal is inferior and so not even including any moral factors but just like the practical quality of the products you get out of the farm if you have cows and you treat them nicely and you pet them and you let them drink beer right then you get wagyu beef you get kobe beef if you have chickens and they are free-range chickens and they have a great time and you give them great stuff to eat they don't peck each other they don't get it is sick they're healthier they have eggs that taste better they have chicken meat that tastes better and there's more of it basically your experience of being a human and having to cultivate plants and animals on the planet and bugs i guess to eat, <laughs>
0: uh
1: is that you know if i grow a pepper plant i have to be nice to the pepper plant I have to give it the right amount of sunlight and water and phosphorus, right? Mm -hmm. And then the plant is happy and the plant wants to make fruit and the plant wants you to take its fruit, right? So it's like everything is based on this win-win situation and that's why the Archons are so sinister because the worse off you are, they're like, mmm, yum.
0: Now how much of that is us misinterpreting it? Do the Archons understand our emotions?
1: No, I'm not sure.
0: They're just interested in Luge. They don't know how it pops up. Maybe how they're perceiving the situation is different. They don't realize that it's us being sad. Because maybe they don't <laughs> feel sadness like we do. I'm just trying to like swing this in a positive direction, basically. <laughs> It's a lot to take in that you're just being used for your suffering.
1: Also, I'll say that even aside from that, the idea that yes, there is human suffering on a great scale on this planet, the idea that at least somebody's getting something out of it is kind of positive.
0: I would prefer that someone's getting something out of it, yeah.
1: So if it's not going to stop, at least somebody should get something out of it, right? I think it's entirely possible for the Archons to just be like marginally smarter than humans but like maybe as dumb as humans are in the way of like understanding. So for example, up until very recently, like maybe it's still being taught in some places. Doctors believe that black people do not feel pain in the same way as Europeans. Mm -hmm. And they still teach this in some places. It's outmoded in, you know, more progressive places. People kind of looked at that and they were like, Ooh, that's not true. Right. Right. I think, that all people maybe feel pain. Right. <laughs> and, you know, they used to circumcise babies without anesthetic because people were like, well, babies don't feel pain. They
0: used to give babies open heart surgeries with no anesthetic because they thought babies didn't feel pain.
1: And so humans are very stupid. Right, right. And yet we've made things that we feel like are fantastic. We got onto the moon, which we feel is very important.
0: There's nothing there.
1: Well, not on the side we went to. We're going (laughs) to... Yeah. We are going to cover this at a later date. We're going to get everywhere.
0: (laughs) We're going in everywhere.
1: (laughs) But I think it's just like you said. I think it's totally possible that they don't even know how much it sucks for us when they get the loosh. Right. You know, when we look at ants... Or we look at bees. We say, well, these are drones. All they want is to just get their stuff and do a good job for their queen. And then somebody steps on an ant or a wasp comes and bites off an ant's leg. You know what they say? They're like, the ant receives a signal that part of its body has been damaged. That's called pain. Right. The ant's in pain, man. Right. When the bee loses its stinger, it realizes that that is the end of its life. Yeah, it's fucking, it's going insane because it's in horrible pain and it's dying. Right. Right. Like these insects can feel pain. Plants can feel pain. Most people don't understand that plants can feel pain.
0: Anything that's alive, why would anything that's alive not be able to feel pain? That is like the stimulation that... Let's know that needs to change something if it's able to.
1: If it was just a very vague sensation, if it was just like a red light going off that's like error, error, then it wouldn't do anything. Right, right. A plant wouldn't care if it was like, all whoops. (laughs) Right? So I think it's totally possible that the Archons or the Anunnaki or whoever is running the loose generation doesn't even understand that it's painful and it's extremely bad for us. Mm -hmm. And it may be that sympathy or empathy for other living things is actually unique to humans or at least unique to living things on earth. Right, right. That may be something that's unique to our three-dimensional life. It's
0: something we just have because it makes more loose.
1: Oh, whoa. (laughs)
0: They're like, let's populate this world with people who are dumb, and then let's make them have feelings about all the stuff they have no control over.
1: And then when they see somebody else that's sad, it also makes them sad. Mm-hmm. Gold mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. In the same way that humans intentionally cultivate large populations of plant and animals, right? Yeah. They believe that civilizations were set up to use as an energy source. And because the human experience is so disproportionately suffering, then obviously that is what the jam is, right? And so that is people's basis for believing it. It's believable because there is so much suffering and everyone suffers in some way.
1: And the thing is, is that we hate suffering. Right. Right. All of us hate suffering. Right. Pinhead isn't real, so we all hate it. You know, there's not very many Cenobites. Right. So this is an idea. So this is a theoretical idea and is very interesting to look at. I want to know, what is the evidence that Loosh exists?
0: Okay, so something we are going to bump up against a lot in talking about these topics is that if what you're talking about is hard evidence, there's not going to be very
1: much of it. No, I just said evidence.
0: Right. But just because you cannot perceive something does not mean it's not real.
1: If you are going to talk about anything that does. not happen in the material world, your ability to collect and analyze material evidence is going to be severely compromised. If we are talking about something that might be happening in the fourth dimension, there's simply no room to say, well, how do you prove it? Well, we're talking about something that nobody can see. That's why it's fucking called a theory. Right. And if you are going to restrict yourself to ideas that only live in the material world and you imagine everything that exists to be balls bouncing up against each other in space, right? then you're limiting yourself to what humans already know. And as we've already established, humans are very stupid and don't know very much.
0: Right. Right. But like if you demand that level of evidence, you have to appreciate how much of your everyday life... That That you accept as being real every day would not stand up to the same standards of of proof. Like, I can't prove to you that I had a dream last night. I can't prove to you that I dream.
1: It happened internally. It cannot be directly observed because it was something that depended on your perception right you had to perceive it in your conscious mind for it to occur and it could not have happened outside of your consciousness right right so i want to know what evidence do you have that louche is real
0: so there's this guy named robert monroe who founded the monroe institute we've talked about this guy before but The Monroe Institute is an organization that studied astral projection and out-of-body experiences and altered states of consciousness. And in 1971, Robert Monroe wrote a book called Journeys Out of the Body. And that is where people got the phrase out-of-body experience. Like people didn't really use that before he wrote this book.
1: Yeah, he was one of the pioneers of the scientifically induced phenomenon of astral projection right
0: right and robert monroe developed hemisync which was a technology that would help people train themselves to have out-of-body experiences. And most of his work had to do with sound patterns and things like that. And it's like hypnotic
1: and like waves, right? It's brainwave entrainment. And he started in the 50s studying entrainment. And then when binaural beats came around, he began studying, you know, entraining a brainwave frequency by using the beat frequency of two different oscillators. Mm-hmm. Like a... T- And the idea is that if you have two tones and they're 10 hertz apart, this is a frequency you can't hear, but you can entrain a 10 hertz wave, a standing wave, in your neural circuitry in your brain by listening to this. Right, right. And it's actually been proven that, yes, you can do this, and yes, you can induce alpha, beta, theta waves in your brain by using this technology. Right.
0: And in a later book called Far Journeys, he talked about having an out-of-body experience where he talked to a non-corporeal entity that he called a light being. And the light being told him about the food chain on Earth and the history of all human conflict and told him that it was all engineered by the archons in order to maximize the amount of luge that people produced. And so that is one piece of evidence we have was that this guy who was pretty trustworthy, generally speaking, like he did work for the government. He did like remote viewing stuff. He had this institute and in his astral travels, he spoke to a light being who told him about the
1: luge. Now, this is credible to me in some regard, because the Hemisync tapes, actually Actually, work. Right. And when I say work, I don't mean that I can prove to you that you will listen to these tapes, which, by the way, you can pay the Monroe Institute for them. I would recommend you go to the Pirate Bay and look up HemiSync, H E M I S Y N C. You can find all the tapes there. Downloadable as MP3s, much easier to use than a cassette tape. Right. But when you do this, it induces a state of altered consciousness in your brain. You get the sensation that you are outside your body. This has been done by thousands of people worldwide. Mm -hmm. It was so credible as a technique to induce states of altered consciousness and to perform something called remote viewing which we've talked about before on Garbage Brain, that the CIA actually had him do work with remote viewing and astral projection in the 70s and
0: 80s. Right. I have done the Robert Monroe tapes and I will say that I do believe that they are effective but you very much need to always do them all the time. It took me a really, really long time of doing them before I started having any kind of results where I was like, whoa. But I have not progressed very far. Like the most I've done is I can see like around the room when I'm laying in bed with a blindfold
1: on. But the idea that you are visualizing things around the room yeah even though your eyes are closed and you you have a blindfold on, you would not physically be able to do this. Right, right. And you also generally do not visualize things. So this is doing something to your brain in such a way where you're at a minimum, at a minimum, outside of any kind of psychic shit, like you're stimulating your visual cortex. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, right. So you're inducing a state where you are allowing your brain to visualize where you're normally not able to do that. That's really compelling to me.
0: Right, right. There's all- also a gnostic text that was found in Egypt in 1945 called the Nag Hammadi library and in this series of texts there is Descriptions of archons and how they need louche that was written in the Coptic language. And so people back in the old times were
1: talking about the louche. They
0: found out about the louche.
1: So we're talking the Coptic language. So we're talking about Egyptian Christians Uh had this knowledge and had saved this. They must have put it in a jar because their fucking library burned down. Right. I mean, who knows what was in the Library of Alexandria. Possibly more information on, I don't know, the beings that control everything.
0: Right, in the Loosh, all the information about the Loosh.
1: And think about it, when that sucker burned down, people really Looshed out. <laughs>
0: Um, There was also a philosopher in the 19th and 20th century called Rudolf Steiner who described hostile entities in the spiritual world to influence humans to feed off of their negative emotions. And he likened them to energy vampires. Mm. So he said they were similar to people you meet in everyday life who enjoy manipulating and tormenting others and seeming to gain power from their suffering.
1: So narcissists, psychopaths. Right. Right. Manipulators, right? Haters,
0: (laughs) all the haters.
1: (laughs) Loosh and out,
0: right? You're here for Loosh. They just want to see you squirm, baby.
1: So, what evidence do we have to the contrary? What do we have where we can say, "Well, this counts against Loosh"? Here's a piece of evidence that shows that maybe we are not suffering and that someone is eating it.
0: We have no evidence of it. We have no evidence that Loosh is not real. Similar to how we have no evidence that Loosh is real. But I will say that no one had an out-of-body experience where they came back and they said, Loosh, not real.
1: Nobody has ever reported an out-of-body experience where they said, you guys, I talked to a light being, and they said, suffering is just for you guys.
0: It's <laughs> just for you to enjoy by yourself. <laughs> you need to keep it to yourself and figure out how to run your cars on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You fucking morons are still burning gas. What
0: if that is... People always talk about the UFOs and there's like the people who think that it's going to end well for us for some reason. And they're like, oh, if the UFOs come and there's disclosure, maybe we could talk to the aliens and they can give us some technology, some alien technology that will save the Earth, (laughs) right?
1: I love the idea that people really think that humans are the main character of the universe. We're not,
0: we're absolutely not. Yeah, but they have this idea, right? Uh Uh-huh. What if the technology the aliens gave us was how to run our houses and and heat our homes and power our transportation on our own suffering.
1: They just gave us the Ghostbuster boxes and we could just plug it into the breaker.
0: Talk about like a self-contained system that just powers itself infinitely.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> You could power your commute to work by the loosh you generate by driving to work. Right. You have all of the energy, maybe food. Right. Maybe it could also be food.
0: Right. Maybe if you had to go somewhere that you were looking forward to and enjoying so you were not going to have enough loosh, you'd have to tell everybody so you get those haters to contribute the loosh
1: oh. to your trip. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you go around and you tell everybody what a great time you're gonna have on your trip and tell everybody how beautiful it is. And then when you're on your trip and you're having a great time, you're like shit, my loosh is almost on E. Right. So you gotta log in and you gotta tell people what a great time you're having to build it back up. You're like, all right, we can get home now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost got stuck on vacation.
0: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Like thinking about the aliens just selling us technology to deal with our own suffering.
1: I like the idea that humans think that aliens or extra dimensional beings are really concerned with us being happy. Like the majority of people Like, do not care if trees are happy. Like, the number of trees I see being cut down is insane to me. And a tree to somebody like in the suburbs, the way that people look at trees is they're like, "Hmm, I gotta take that out. That's blocking my sunlight.
0: (laughs) Right. I don't like that looks of that tree. It's a little ugly.
1: There is something, and I mean, I know I'm a hippie, right? But I, I'm like the good hippie. I'm not the hippie that steals your weed, okay? I'm like a, a good hippie. Like, just seeing trees get cut down, like...
0: It's a bummer, man. It
1: it really bums me out. Yeah. For real. I know that that's a louche. I know somebody has to eat, okay? <laughs> but, like, we as humans don't even care about the well-being of like trees and plants and animals and whatever your moral stances on eating animals. The fact is that we are set up in a world where even if you have the nicest cow and you pet it every day and you give it beer and you give it its favorite serene grains, right? At the end of the day, you have to cut them up. Mm-hmm. You have to cut them up and eat the cow. And like, I just don't think that any other species of being, whether it's from another planet, whether it's from another dimension, I don't think they're going to care for us in a way that benefits us. Whether or not they want to maintain Earth depends on what they're getting out of Earth. Mm -hmm. If they come in and stop us from destroying the Earth, it's like when the chickens start pecking each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you guys are damaging your stuff I need for me. Mm-hmm. They're going to come down. They're going to give us a little bit of something that allows us to keep hating. <laughs> yeah. They're going to lubricate the hate. They're going to make sure that their prison planet stays intact. Right. And they're going to fuck off and keep sucking loosh.
0: So what if... There's this idea of enlightenment and escaping the cycle of rebirth. What if that is a loose thing and mm-hmm. the process of enlightenment is just training yourself to produce less and less and less louche and by removing all attachments and like having a contemplative and quiet life you do not generate very much louche and then after you die they're like you can go you're not making any louche
1: rush you know what natalie i am pleased to say we're going to be talking about this very soon huh how about that in the next episode this is a free episode if you want to hear the next one you're gonna to have to be a patron patreon.com garbage brain university
0: so how do you feel about luge on a scale of one to ten how valid do you think the idea of Lush is?
1: Before I score it, hop on in the discord. You know how to get in there. One, not real at all. 10, completely real, obviously real, already here, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I'm going to give Lush a five out of 10. And the reason why I'm going to give Lush five out of 10 is it seems like everything you do in this fucking world generates it. Mm Mm-hmm. Just having to go about your life and feed yourself, even if you're like the nicest, most back-to-the-earth farmer, you go outside and you have to rip your favorite plants out of the ground. Right. Just to eat. Just if you're the nicest lettuce head in the universe. Well,
0: the nicest lettuce head in the universe, he's going to go to the bank and someone's going to call him an idiot. And that's going to (laughs) generate luge.
1: (laughs) I mean, just by running the tap right? You're burning energy to purify that water. Oh, you're sucking it out of the water table? Well, too bad for the water table. Fuck it. Everything you do is generating some measure of pain and suffering in something or somebody else. It seems insane that we have to live this life where the only thing we want is to be happy. And for most people, That means that we can't suffer and we can't be making other people suffer. Right. You can't really be truly fulfilled when you're stepping on other people's necks. That's why the rich are so hollow. That's why no matter how much money people have, they still want to go online and get everybody's approval because they live these hollow, sick lives. And they are blasting loose into the fifth fucking dimension. Right, absolutely. They might be blasting more out there than we do because it's easy for us because we're like, well, if I had $1 million. Right. But for them, buddy, they got it and it didn't work. Now what?
0: Right. I'm going to say that perhaps I will adjust my score of Lush after we talk about the prison planet, but I'm going to start off and say that I'm going to give Lush like a three or a four. Okay. I don't think that Lush fits into my personal view of the universe, personally. I appreciate people trying to find a reason for suffering. I understand the allure of it.
1: Well, the Buddhists call it Dukkha. (laughs) And one of my favorite things is when Yoda has to go back to the kitchen. I don't like Star Wars at all, but Yoda has to go back to the kitchen to eat more olives. And I always think like zero years old, going back for more (laughs) dukkha. Right. So, you know who absolutely hates Duca?
0: Uh Corey Grella. But you know what? I have a feeling that she's getting pretty close to enlightenment and she's going to escape the prison planet.
1: Now, Corey Grella is one of our sponsors. She's the number one insurance agent in Alaska. She sponsored Garbage Brain University and thereby everything is real. And if you need a policy for insurance for some reason, contact Corey Grella.
0: She would love to set you up. It's her main gig in like we said, she's the best, number one in Alaska. You know it's going to be easy, breezy.
1: Zero, louche, guaranteed.
0: Right, absolutely. She's going to grease those skins, and you're going to have insurance before you fucking... <laughs> yeah.
1: Aliens will be starving. <laughs> right. Now, if you wanted to go to a place, Natalie... That was gonna generate the least louche for you.
0: Harlem Township.
1: Beautiful pastoral township located in Delaware County, Central Ohio. If you
0: lived underground in Harlem Township, I think you could be a uh, zero louche. You could have a zero louche existence.
1: Why would you have to be underground?
0: Because you couldn't get the louche.
1: <laughs> if I had known
0: that <laughs> Do you Just know? Hide. Just hide. <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs>
1: We could have avoided so many things. We
0: really fucked up when we decided to live on the surface where they can get deluge. Stay down, baby. Stay down.
1: <laughs> if you haven't learned anything, stay tuned. Part two dropping in the very next episode. Patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity is how you get it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, everything is real. I love you. Goodbye.